Hey now, this is Jason Acorn with The Boneyard, and you are listening to Jason on the Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Hey, I hope you enjoy this upcoming episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason, featuring Adam King and Kevin Johnson of Racks Inc. Once you're done listening and you find that racks that you want to use to display your bow on, use the promo code PODCAST to get 15% off your first order. Enjoy! Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond, I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. We're rolling into the fall of 2018, and I'm very excited to have on Adam King and Kevin Johnson. Adam is the person that started a company called Racks Inc., which is a really neat type of display to hang traditional compound and crossbows. And Kevin assists with that and runs the pro staff program for Racks Inc. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Very good. Thank you very much for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, Adam, I want to start with you first and ask. Where did the idea for this come from? Well, um, I've been around um, kind of the metal industry for a little while. I got a kind of a background in it, and I had always been passionate about hunting. Um, enjoyed it very much. Um, I grew up around it with a family. Father was a big gun hunter, so we always started gun hunting. But then, as I got older, I got into the archery and was doing that, and became very passionate with it. And uh, one day, I was just sitting in my office here, and I saw my bow was sitting in the case on the floor. And I was just looking at it and I was just like thinking to myself, like, you know, it's kind of a shame that it's sitting in this case. I spent so much money on it. And it's like, why not have this thing hanging up so I can look at it and enjoy it a little bit more, you know? That's when I just kind of came up with the idea of, well, why don't I just make like a hanger to hang it on the wall so I can look at it? So I just basically drew some things up on my computer, went down to our, my CNC machine, cut things out, and threw it up on the wall, had a hang in there, and just had a few people, you know, friends and family always coming by, seeing the thing hanging there on the wall, and they thought it was the coolest thing. And since then, I just kind of ran with it. I mean, they when they when I kind of seen that people liked it and enjoyed it, that I was like, well, maybe I actually have something here. So. And so people realize what we're talking about. It's actually in the shape or the original what started off Racks Inc. was a whitetail skull. And yeah. you yep. can now put in there, uh, for example, I shoot a diamond bow. So you were able to add the diamond logo in between the antlers. And then there's what looks like a couple of drop tines off of it, but they're the hooks that you hang your bow by. Yeah, and so I, you know, I initially started off making one for myself. I'm a, a bow tech guy myself, so I just made a bow tech one for myself, and I initially started with that, and then I took it to some shows, and I was just purely showing it off. I mean, I wasn't selling it because at that point I had no rights to actually be able to sell something with somebody else's logo on. Oops. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I made it just for myself, and I knew that, that was kind of the intention was just myself, and I just wanted it to take it to the show and just see what other people thought and if they were interested in people buying it, you know. And so I just took it there, hung it up, had my bow on there, and just, I mean, the attention that it got was just unbelievable. It just caught everyone's eye. Out of everything else I had hanging on my booth, that was the one thing that was catching everyone's eye. And so that's when I, I knew, it's like, all right, I got to do something with this, you know. And so right after that show is when I started pursuing all these other brands 
um, going to Botech, going to Matthews, going to Hoyt, and trying to you know get their permission to actually make these and be able to sell them. And so as I you know kind of I think Botech is actually the first one that got on board. As I got their licensing rights, I was able to start making them and producing those with their logo on. And I think that's what's really attractiveness to these is what what people like is the brands on them. You know, the people are passionate about the brand that they shoot. So being able to put that on there is kind of a, a big thing, and people like that. So I got, what, Botech, Hoyt, Matthews. I mean, I basically got all the big brand names now. Now, how are the companies, because everybody's so protective of their brands, and obviously for all the good reasons, how were they when you approached them about what you were trying to do? Um, I guess initially, you know, it was, you know, like the very first few were a little bit more difficult just because I was a Joe Blow out of the blue, just calling them up and asking for it, you know. So they're, I think they're they're just more timid to give it to me per se than to just, you know, if there's a big name, big brand or something already, then they, they would just jump on board. But because I was just a regular Joe guy that they don't know anything about me or anything about the business, that I'm a startup and they were a little bit more hesitant, I would say, about it. But I was able to talk them into it and. Like I said, the first few took a little bit longer, but they loved it. I mean, when I gave them my idea, you know, the concept, they just left it, loved it. They thought it was a cool concept. And it's a great thing because it helps them brand their brands also. I mean, it's somebody walks in their house, they have, they have it hanging up on their wall. I mean, it's just, it's flashy Botech or Matthews all the time. So, I mean, it's great advertising for them. And that's kind of how I sold it as. You know, I told it, told it to them that, you know, this is great advertising. Just think of it as an advertising right in their house right in their face all the time and they love that idea and then it, like i said it builds that loyalty to their brand you know a guy that buys one of these is probably going to keep buying matthews or you know because he's he's got this already there and he's passionate about it so hopefully it kind of helps them out too so i think it's kind of a win-win for everybody you know i get to make a, a cool product for somebody and help them out and then return that they get advertisement and you know brand loyalty to their brands so that's kind of cool that way yeah, I've got mine hanging up again with the diamond logo, you know, which is a unit of Botech. And I've had people walk in and go, that is the coolest thing. That's usually about the same reaction. Even people that don't hunt look at it and go, that looks pretty neat. Yep. Yeah, yeah and I got actually, it's kind of funny because a lot of uh, wives at shows or something will walk by and they'll see them and they'll comment like how cool they look and everything. And they'll, they'll tell their husbands like, you know, I'd let you hang your bow up if you had one of those or something because they actually think it's kind of it's kind of neat and it's you know not gaudy but it's kind of cool. So that was, that was really neat to hear. Yeah, it elevates it. Yeah, exactly. And you can buy one, and this is the cool thing is the way the hooks are set up on on it. Like, let's say you've got a husband wife that are shooting, or a father son, father daughter, whoever, they can hold one bow, or you can hang them hanging down and, and put two bows on there so you could actually have both of the bows hanging off of there yep yeah so it's it's kind of nice that way where you can hang one or two and some guys with just a single bow hang them down individually too um because there there are a few guys that are leery about hanging it from their strings um i get that question a lot and um the way i did i designed it so that it, i mean they're spaced out as wide as I can really go so that they're, the hooks are, you know, pretty close to where the cams are. So it distributes that weight a lot better. Plus the hooks are also rubber coated, so it's not going to damage your string or anything. So I did put a lot of thought into it. Um, like I said, I do have an engineering background. So when I was kind of designing this, I, I put a lot of thought process into it and not just threw it together. 
Um, there's the mounting holes themselves are 16 inch on center, so you can find the studs in your wall hanging on the wall, so it's going to be secure enough to support your bow and not fall off the wall either. That's so, the feature I thought was really cool. I'm like, oh man, this guy's thinking of all these little, the little things. Yeah, yeah. Well, so now we've got it up. You're running, and you've got a number of different brands. Like you said, pretty much all the major ones that that you can deal with. But the other neat thing is, let's say that there's a, I don't know, a television show, you have a YouTube channel, anything special, logo, a ranch, you can also add that in to various degrees. Yes, yep. Yeah, so I do all the designing myself personally, because I'm an artistic guy, I like to draw and stuff, so I mean, I get guys sending me their logos all the time, and what I do is I can take that and input it into either my deer skull design or anything you want literally i mean if you want an elk rack or uh, mule deer or anything i mean i i'll drop whatever you like and some guys just want like a standalone logo just the logo itself throw some hooks on it uh, make it a bow hanger it's really just whatever you your mind can kind of come up with you let me know what you want or give me an idea and i'll i'll draw it up i know? never even thought about that so if you've got a sporting goods store or some type of a display out there and you want Darton, PSE, Bowtech, and you want to highlight a certain bow of the month or, or anything of that nature, or even your company's logo, you could go out there and say, okay, here's the, oh, what's that big one, the Triax? Yep. So exactly. you could put that up on there and say, here's bow of the month with lights around it or something, but with your mm-hmm. with your store logo cut out. Yep, exactly. And there's a lot of stores that have been doing that already. I get I get requests for a ton, you know, every week I get a bunch of them and I'm making them for these guys. They, they just love that idea of like having their own logo personally done. So I, I've got a lot of archery shops that got these in them already with their, just their own personal logo on it. And then they, they hang like this flagship bowl on it. Like you said, the deal of the week or something on there, the big seller that they've been selling is hanging up there. So that, that guy walks in the door, he can go up there, grab that bow off there, you know, hang on to it, do his thing, and then put it back on, on the hooks. And then that guy's logo is just, you know, right there. He's looking at his logo all the time. So hopefully it helps them bring in more business or help that guy kind of just gravitate him back there. So. Oh, yeah, what a great idea. I, obviously, you were already thinking that, but that just hit me, and I'm going, wow, that'd be a slick, yeah. slick way to do it. Yeah, no, like I said, that's why I think it's really a win-win product. I mean, like I said, these these shops, these stores, I mean, if they want to do their logo, I mean, it's it's great for them. It's great advertising. It, you know, it's why not? Why wouldn't you want to do it, you know? It's kind of a win-win for everybody, I think. I'm, I feel like I'm trying to help help other people in the industry with these, and, and I get to make something cool. So I'm excited about it just as much as they are. Oh, yeah. And now, as a side note, I didn't forget about you being on here, Kevin. I, what I want to do is switch <laughs> over to you here for a minute and say – how did you get involved with racks? What was what brought you in? Because I I think if I remember right, you and uh, Adam grew up together or grew up near each other. Uh, yeah, we grew up about an hour apart uh, in northern Wisconsin. Uh, I didn't know him until probably this last January, I believe. I met him at the ATA show in Indy. I was down helping one of his partners with their show stuff, and uh, we had met him at the booth and had dinner. And just that I loved the product as soon as I saw it. I was like, wow, this is awesome, you know. Like, I need to get this. I never heard of it before. And we went out to dinner, um, just hung out. We got to know each other and we kind of clicked, you know, and we had a lot of the same interests. Uh, we knew some of the same people from his high school. 
Uh, I lived with some kids that he went to high school with in college and uh, just told him if he ever needs any help, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to help. So that's how it all began. He went to the Iowa show, I think, a couple months later, and I went down there to help him, and we've been working ever since. Very cool. So where you tie in also is you're running the uh, pro staff program, and so you have a number of people, which is brand new to Racks, trying to help spread the word about the product across social media and, and in person. Correct. Yeah, I think uh, it was after the we were the Saturday night of the Madison Deer and Turkey Show, and uh, we were driving back after, I think we had a pretty good day on Saturday, if I remember correctly, and it's like, you know, have you ever thought of taking this to, like, a pro staff level? And he's like, you know, I thought about it, but, you know, he's, he's a very busy dude, so uh, it's not the easiest thing for him to get time with his business, his racks business, the family and all that, and he's like, you know, this is something you'd like to do. I'm more than happy to help you along the way if I can in any way. So we thought about it and came back and we uh, we tried to figure some things out and get it going. Yeah, and when I saw that come up, I had I had seen this come across on Facebook several times. And I'm new to bow hunting. I've been a crossbow hunter for a long time, but I'm new to bow hunting. And when I saw okay. that, I had I had just bought my first bow, and I was like, oh man, I got to get involved with this. This is way too cool of a product that I think anybody that's a bow hunter that sees it, short of them having their own CNC machine, would jump on this and say, I got to have it. Father's Day, Mother's yeah. Day, you know. Um, whatever this this makes just the, a great gift for anybody that's passionate about hunting. Yeah, oh yeah, I actually had Adam make my my father one for Father's Day, a custom one, and my dad just loves it. Everyone that comes over to the house is like, "Wow, what is this? This is the coolest thing ever!" You know, so it, it makes great gifts. I can tell you that personally. Because there's so much loyalty to the generally to the brand of bow, and once you invest six, seven, a thousand dollars in a bow, you, you don't generally switch brands unless something major happens. So yeah, once you have that up, it's it's just a neat neat deal. Very decorative, and my walls are covered with mounts, so it fits in fantastic. Yep. So uh, now you've got oh Kevin, how many pro staff members in there across the United States? I believe. Yeah, we got, I think, about 20, 22. We got somebody out in Arizona, somebody out in South Dakota. We got people in Pennsylvania, Florida, Texas. We got a couple in Missouri, I know. We got a kid out in Virginia. Yeah, we got, we, that's what we tried to do. We tried to get, you know, uh, we got a guy from New York. We tried to get a couple people, you know, in each area just to, you know, get to a couple different markets in those regions. And, you know, I think it's paid off a little bit so far. Very neat. With that said, on the racks, now both of you guys grew up in the Wisconsin area, which Lake Michigan is huge in primarily whitetail hunting, but also everything else. Adam, I know you've been out doing a little bit of hunting already, and it's for bear, correct? Yeah, yep. I got my first bear tag this year. It took about eight years of applying, so I was pretty excited about it. So it's Lake Michigan. You have to put in for a drawing. Yeah, you uh, you put in for points, and you just collect points over the years, and then at, at a certain um, point, you can then um, apply for one. Generally, the the area that I was applying for, it's either between eight to ten years is when you finally get a tag. And how long does the season last? It's until October. I want to say like 20, it's like mid October somewhere in there. So it's about a month, a little over a month usually. Now, do they do it as like a certain number of bears out of that zone, and what, no matter when that happens, the season's done, or they just let it ride the whole month? I think they give you the whole time period. So, I mean, you got, it doesn't matter how many are 
shot, but it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot of woods up there and it's just, I mean, it's not as easy as whatever everybody thinks it could be, you know. Can you bait them? You can bait them. Yep. And then also up in my area, you can actually run dogs too, which I don't do. I mean, I'm just a baiter and sitter, but there are like outfitters that run dogs to to chase them and tree them and stuff like that too. But this year, I mean, it alternates between years. So this year, the the baiters get the first week just by themselves. And then so when next year, the dog guys get to start, they'll get that first week by themselves so that they can just alternate between the two. So I did have that first week out. It was kind of quiet without any dogs here and anything running around or anything without chasing the bears too much. But still didn't have any luck. Haven't seen one yet. So you've got another couple weeks here to go? I do, yep. Yeah, so hopefully something comes out of it. I've been having some stuff hitting, hit the bait. I've been watching trail cameras. I got one, not a real big one, but he's been coming in daylight hours a few days in the week. So I got that one for sure. And then I got some real nice ones that have been coming after dark or like there was one time he came at dusk and then a lot of times they've been right at dark, but there's some real big boys. So I was hoping that maybe catch one of those guys off guard, maybe as the, the time goes on here and we get closer to when they hibernate that maybe they'll start moving, changing their patterns a little bit. What are you using for bait? I mean, you can use just about anything. Um, I've been using granola. Just the other day I put popcorn out. They love popcorn apparently. I'm um, trying that. Some pie fillings, candy, put donuts, breading, anything. I mean, it's literally whatever you can find you can put out there so you just got to put it you do have to put it in a stump uh, what you do is you cut off a, a log stump a hollow it and make sure it's hollowed out you stuff it in there and then you just have to put like a rock or something to keep like any other animals out of it basically keep the deer and stuff out so then you just kind of cover it up and then when they come there they knock it over and then they clean the thing out basically okay so there's no you can't take a barrel out there no, I think you are limited as far as how much you actually can place at a certain location oh I see so it's, I mean, I think it's less than five gallons, basically, at, a, at each location. Yeah, I've had guys talk about using popcorn, and then they'll put, oh, molasses or, or syrup or something around that gets sticky and gets on the bear's paws. Yep. Yeah, and I actually put out uh, fryer grease, too, is another big thing. Pour that around. And so they, they walk through it, trample on it, get on their fur and stuff, and they'll carry it off. And then probably either other bears will cut that track or that same bear will just follow that scent all the way back to your base. So that's a, a really popular thing to do. And then also, there, I mean, there's a ton of different sprays out there um, with different scents, um, like berry sprays, acorns. I found some bacon stuff that smells just like bacon. Oh, really? Um <clears throat> Liquid liquid smoke is another big thing, too. Um, I guess they, they're really attracted to that, so that's my next thing, and I'm going to try. I mean, everybody has their own their own tri- tip and trick. I mean, I've been asking a lot of guys at these shows, because I did find out back in April that I got this, so I've been, been asking guys at these shows and anybody I knew that, that bear hunted prior to this uh, um, any tips or ideas that they could have to help me out. So Interesting. Now, Kevin, have you done any bear hunting in Wisconsin? No, I have not. I only have about four points right now, so in the next five years or so, I, I hope to, but not, not to this point. I have not. I've been uh, mostly just uh, deer hunting. Grew up like Adam Youth with the family rifle hunting up in northern Wisconsin. As I got older, got into uh, the bow hunting, which now I'm getting to you know be pretty passionate about it. Do turkey hunting in the spring, and you know I try to get out to get duck hunting every once in a while, too, so... Unfortunately, I haven't got out yet this year. Uh, I coach high school football, so my time is pretty limited right now, but I do hope to get out tonight for the first time of the year. 
Oh, okay. Now, how has the um, how have the wolves affected the herd up in northern Wisconsin? Uh, Adam probably could tell you more about that, but I do believe it has had some effects for the most part. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I've heard, I've, I've heard guys. I mean, me personally, our property up there, we haven't had no problem. I mean, I would actually say the bear have been a bigger issue. I mean, the last few years, we've gotten way more bear because we could bait up until this year. We could bait for for deer up there, so I was baiting for my deer prior to the season and everything, and. I would be getting more, practically more bear pictures than deer pictures. And so, I mean, I would say I was having a lot more bear, and I actually personally have never had a wolf on camera up there. Not to say that they haven't. I mean, I've talked to neighbors before, and they said that they've seen some in a field across the way once in a while. But I don't think, not necessarily around my area, I don't see a whole lot. But they do move around the state quite a bit, so... It almost seems like they move to where the deer are, so it's hopefully they don't kind of move into our area, but it's one of those things that you can't really control, so it is what it is. Well, and bears can certainly do a number on a young fawn crop. Yeah, and that, that was my that was my big worry about it, too, and so that's why I was applying for a tag and wanting one in the worst way because I, I seriously was just having so many bear there, and it was just kind of frustrating, like, having to wait eight years to get a tag, and even if I do get one, like, I I don't feel like I'm even going to do any damage to the, to the population there, you know, taking one out when there's six or eight more right behind it, you know, so... And that, but Adam and I have a, a cabin about probably 15 minutes apart, I think, up in northern Wisconsin. And I know where, where I am, like, if I'm sitting out at a campfire at night, I hear coyotes like crazy. So, like, there are a ton of coyotes up there. How about you, Adam? Do you have much? Yeah. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of those for sure. Yeah, same over here where I'm at is very similar to southern Wisconsin, you know, the open farmland. And west of here a couple years ago in the Thumb of Michigan, they actually had a bunch of coyotes take down a retired police horse. So anybody that thinks coyotes can't is is mistaken um they yeah absolutely they can flat out do damage to both full-grown deer and even if the deer gets away it very well may be maimed and it's not going to go very far so i I think coyotes are as big an issue as both wolves and bears definitely definitely yeah yeah i would say i would have more personal interactions with coyotes than anything and fellow hunters and everything i mean all my friends they've had problems with them too especially i i know like you said down here southern wisconsin a lot of it where we hunt we've had our our neighbor shot a couple of them and he wasn't able to find them that that night and the next morning i mean the hind corner was already chewed off them i mean it was pretty much wasted so i mean there's definitely that issue with those yeah, they're very, uh, very prevalent everywhere. And I know having spent the last 13 years before I moved back to Michigan living in Texas, coyotes were pretty much shoot them on sight. That was about the only animal you could shoot if you saw it in a field on somebody else's property that they didn't care. They were like, shoot them all. Oh, okay. And yeah. so you'd be driving on the road and sometimes you'd see a car pulled over on the side of the road and a guy leaning over the hood with his rifle and you'd look out in the field and you could see a coyote out there 100 yards 200 yards 300 yards whatever it was and he was right. he was fixing to let it have it right yeah we i actually have a, a guy come and trap him on our property he just he came up to us one day and asked if he could trap on our property for coyotes and stuff and i was like yeah 
have at it, you know. And I didn't think nothing much of it, but um, he was all fired up, and he was out there, and he just went for, I'd say, I don't know, maybe like two months of, of trapping, and he ended up getting six of them out of, out of our property, and which I was just kind of baffled by. I mean, I, I thought maybe two, three at the most, you know, but he ended up getting six of them. And one was a black one, which is really rare. He was just ecstatic about it. It was the coolest thing. Huh. But he was, he's like, yeah, I mean, I could come back here and catch just as many. He's like, these things just populate this unreal. Like, I can't, you can't catch these things fast enough that, you know, you get, you could take two of them out and three more move right in. He says, like, it's one of those animals that are really hard to control the population on. Well, and there's a really neat book by a guy named Dan Flores. And for the listeners, I'll have a link to this in the show notes. It's called Coyote America. And Dan is a biologist at, uh, He's a retired university professor, I think, out of University of Montana, I think, is where he's from. And he goes into the whole deal with coyotes, how they're in Florida now. They're in all these areas that they. he says they used to never really be east of the Mississippi. And he said that hunting, the more you hunt them, can sometimes do more for spreading their population because when they're calling at night, they're looking for other responses when they're doing the howling (laughs) and if they don't get it that tells them to kick their puppy production into high gear and that if you shoot one you know the breeding pair of the coyotes the pack will split into two or three other packs and then they all kick puppy production into high gear so sometimes hunting you know it's it's like this self-perpetuating population of (laughs) animals so it's it's an interesting book the way he post it but yeah like over okay. here we have the coyotes here in michigan and then uh the whitetail and being farm country whether it's a 50 acre farm or a 2000 acre farm they're all giant food plots because of the corn and the soybeans and apple orchards it's just yeah. kind of the same habitat yeah absolutely and it's funny you can put apples out in texas deer won't touch them because they don't know what they are Right. Oh, really? <laughs> but the hogs will tear them up. That's interesting. Right. That's funny. And so, yeah, it's just interesting as you go around the country to, to see these different items. So do either of you have any big hunts coming up, anything neat coming up in the future besides bear, which I, I think is a neat animal to hunt? Uh, me personally, I don't have nothing lined up as of right now. Uh, we are working with what maybe we're talking with one of our other pro staff members that maybe go hunt on his property down in Illinois, or even he's got a couple in Illinois and something in, in southern Wisconsin. So um, Kevin and I were possibly thinking of maybe joining in on him and trying to just a different area and seeing something new. So that's yeah, the only thing I got planned. I, I plan on hunting down in Indiana sometime in early November with a friend. So I, I might do that. And hopefully Adam and I can get to Illinois on one of our pro staff guys' plan because he's got some nice bucks there. Now, is this, if you're in November, would that be gun season or muzzleloader or are you going to take a bow? Yeah, it'll be archery for, for me down there in Indiana. Um, and it would be the same for Illinois, I believe, too. Okay. I've driven through lots of Illinois, seen a lot of deer on the side of the roads, uh, standing there watching traffic go by. Yeah, there's got to be some, as as many know, there's just great hunting in many of the areas in that state. Yep, absolutely. Now, I want to jump back to racks here for a moment, because I was thinking, now, if people want to see more of the designs, what's your website again? Uh, it'd be racksinc.com. Okay. And what's the best way to see these on social media? What's the Facebook and Instagram addresses? going to be racks 
I mean, if you just type in Rack Sync on Facebook, it'll pop in, pop up on there. And same thing with my Instagram, same name, Rack Sync. Type that in. Um, we hashtag a lot of show off your passion. That's our motto. Um, we like to show off your passion in the hunting and with, with archery and stuff like that. So that's so they can search our, by that hashtag as well. Yeah, yeah, that's another big one too. I will have links to the Facebook and the Instagram. I'll also have the uh, hashtag listed in the show notes for anybody that's listening. And then we'll also have uh, the email address for sales at racksinc.com. So if anybody wants to email the company directly to get questions answered or present some ideas as far as what they are looking for, or just as importantly as if you're a store and you want to carry these, you know, after looking at the website, email Adam up and, and he'll contact you and and work out a deal so that everybody's happy yeah we're looking for dealers right now so i mean we want to kind of spread this product out we're trying to get dealers set up across the nation you know i got lots of archery shops already set up we just got into shield sporting goods so that was a really exciting thing oh cool um, we're starting to sell through their their distribution chain they're real big in your area they are they're, they're kind of more midwestern i'd say but I think they cover like the Dakotas, um, they down in Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota. Iowa, They're more in the Midwestern Wisconsin. state here. Yep. Seems to me I've been in one one time when I was in Wisconsin. And if I remember okay. right, yep. they're not as like as huge as some of the big box stores, but the people that work there Correct. really know what they're talking about. Yeah, they're more they're more personable, I think. Um, and like you said, they're not. I mean, they are a big box store, but they're yet they're not. I mean, they're they're the smaller end of it. I would say, you know, you walk in there, and I mean, you're going to get a little bit little bit better interaction with them. And like you said, they they know the product and stuff a lot better. And they are originally from Wisconsin. I think Eau Claire is when they started. Um, Correct. So that's how I got my connection with these guys. When I met them, I met them first at ATA. Is when they kind of came up to my booth and I caught their eye. Um, and then we just got to talking, and I told. That I was a Wisconsin-based company too, and then that's what really kind of piqued their interest. Is they like they like a local company like that, and you know a new business, and they thought the product was a great idea. They loved it, and they just wanted to do it right then and there. I really appreciate both your times because I know it's a early and b it's hunting season. So, <laughs> yeah. or in your case, Kevin, as well, football season. Yep. <laughs> so you're you kind of crossing all sorts of gamuts there, but I, I appreciate the time. And for the folks listening, just hit the show notes. I, I'm telling you, once you go out to racksinc.com and see one of these things, you're going to want one. They're fantastic. They're decorative. And they're just plain functional because, as you said, you got six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand dollars wrapped up in your bow. Who wants to see that thing just sit in a box all year long? You know, have it out, display it. You know, especially right with the trophies that you've taken with that bow. So you're going to see these. If you have ideas, hit Adam up. He's going to be able to look at them and tell you, we're working on it. We got it. Or we'd love to do it for you. Or here's something to consider. If you're a store and you'd like to carry these in your store, Adam would be happy to discuss that with you. And uh, I, I just encourage, hit them up there. There's nothing else like it that's out there on the market for the quality and, and the setup. So I think your customers would like it. You folks listening, if you're bow hunters or crossbow hunters, I think you'd like it. And so I, I encourage you to step up and contact Adam at sales at racksinc.com and let him help you out. Yeah, definitely. Well, gentlemen, it was a pleasure having you both on. Kevin, it was good to talk with you. Adam, it was great to talk with you. It was great to talk with both of you. And we look forward to more communication in the upcoming months. 
Yeah, sure. Yes, absolutely. And thanks for having us. Thanks for thanks, for, thanks having for having us, and thanks for all you do as being a member of our team. We appreciate it all. Oh, it's my trust yeah. me. I, I'm. It's my pleasure. I, I absolutely love this product. I think it's so cool. So you guys have Happy a great day, and we'll Thank talk you. soon. You too, sir. All right. Bye. Thanks, all, Bye. Jason. Take care. You too. Come early spring, it's getting green Fisher on the bed and Hear those turkeys gobble It's ringing in my head The winter rides bass boat Here comes another year Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Oh, we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors Come summertime, we're feeling fine Fishing on the lake Flipping jigs and Carolina rigs From early morning till real late Bonfires on creek bank Kick back a couple beers yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors Next year's does until you know winter's on the way Brushing blinds and deer stands The fever starts to creep Fill our freezers full of ducks Lots of tender deer Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we So grab your guns and shells, boys Put on your camouflage Cause we command the outdoors around here We command the outdoors